and trust me, there are some amazing women doing incredible things. And I think the more of us who know about that, whether through corporate or startup, the better. Some incredible inventions come out of the minds of women. Welcome to the Unpolished MBA podcast. On this podcast, we have conversations with tech startup founders and entrepreneurs and traditional corporate MBAs. Many say that startups equal the unpolished MBA because those without the formal business education are scrappy and do many things untraditionally to achieve business success. But anyone who has built a business from an idea can attest to the fact that the experience is another level MBA and there's nothing quite like it. The candid conversation shared here is helpful to both sides of the fence. One is not better than the other, just different. Let's jump in. Hi, I'm your host, Monique Mills, and in my work, I get to have great conversations with a lot of smart and interesting people. In this episode, I share a conversation I had with Erica Jefferson, a chemical engineer turned entrepreneur. Somehow she fell into entrepreneurship and has created a thriving business that serves women in science and engineering. Before we get started, I have to forewarn you. Both Erica and I are engineers by degree and spent the majority of our careers in highly technical engineering roles. So we take time to poke fun at the engineering arrogance. Maybe some of you can identify with it and we're sure we are guilty of getting under the skin of those who are non-technical. Listen in as we peel back the layers. I am a accidental entrepreneur. I am accidental entrepreneur. entrepreneur. I am an accidental entrepreneur who had no, you know, dreams of becoming an entrepreneur. My goal was to retire after many, many years someplace and uh, rely on my pension and 401k to take good care of me. And life just took another path. So here I am with this startup and nonprofit thriving, and I'm just trying to hold on to the tail. I love it. That's a very common story. So MBA or no MBA? MBA. Did that MBA help you have the courage to kind of just go off into entrepreneurship because you kind of knew a little bit more about business? I think so. So I got my MBA, I was, I was tricked in getting an MBA, Detroit. even though I had, I was tricked, <laughs> even though I had considered it, I had kind of moved past it and was like, you know, maybe I don't need it. And my boss at the time said, you know, you're doing all these mathematical models and doing all these things, but I know you don't know, like the real background behind it. You're just really putting data into things. So by education, I am a chemical engineer and I have spent 20 plus years in oil and gas and other industries working as an engineer early on, all the way up to business and uh, sales and business development and uh, supply chain. So Okay. Just about everything in a company, I probably have touched it, uh, worked with it, or uh, sideways got some involvement with it. (music) 
So as you can see, Erica fell not only into entrepreneurship, but also into getting her MBA. Her manager sponsored her without realizing he would change the trajectory of her life and she would in turn enhance lives for thousands of other women in science and engineering. So in this next part, I ask her to explain more about that story. Keep listening to hear how it all started. Your, your manager was kind of like, hey, have you thought about this? Yes, he was a chemical engineer as well. And, he, and I, what I was doing for him was running these mathematical models um, to determine whether uh, a deal, a business opportunity was a go or no go and, and taking into consideration all the financial information to determine pricing and contract duration and things. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was putting, you know, someone had a cheat sheet and I was putting this information out. I, you know, I've worked in business, so it wasn't like, I don't know what this is, but mm-hmm. I didn't have a, a full <laughs> understanding of all the work that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, business is the, I mean, uh, finance is the language of business. And so without, you know, ha- having a business, you know, education, I don't know how you know, engineers transition into leadership. And he was right, because I don't know how many of us who are engineers actually have financial training. I never took a finance class. The closest I got was Mm -hmm. engineering economics. I'm like, I don't even know if that's a real thing. Like it is a real thing (laughs) engineering economics that you know have to evaluate your projects. But Mm -hmm. I mean, that is such a specific function. That's not necessarily how the business runs. And so he said, yeah, you should take this class. Basically, uh, finance for dummies. I think the actual title <laughs> is called financial management for non-financial managers. And I was like, sure. Took the class. It was great. It was at our, our combined, our joint alma mater. Mm-hmm. And they lured you in with great speakers and delicious food for six weeks. I'm like, this is awesome. I could do this. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Where do I sign up? I you know, convince the vice president to let me go and, and not only let me go, but pay for the, the full ride mm-hmm. and, you know, got in and it was a good program. No, no knock on it. But, you know, after two weeks, there went the gourmet dinners and we were replaced with pizza. I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> what's happening here? So, <laughs> this is not what I was promised. Mm-hmm. But it was a wonderful program. Uh, full, and surprisingly, I thought there would have been more engineers, uh, considering that school is very known for engineering. Um, but there was a good mix of folks from you know various parts of business and various types of business. And I think it was the exposure. So I can't say you know what particular course or concept that I learned that you know caused me to oh sure I could be an entrepreneur. But I I honestly having no dreams or desire to be on, become an entrepreneur and not having any finance training, I can't see how I would have, you know, had the confidence to step out and do this if I had not gotten my MBA. What else do you think you've gotten from it that you utilize today? I think sometimes as, as technical folks, we can be very myopic on yes. our area of expertise, right? So we make widgets, so we know everything there is to know about widgets, but we may not know about our competitors. We may not know about the industry. You may not know about the social economic issues that affect people's desire and ability to buy widgets, to use widgets. 
And so, you know, that's what business does, right? So you've got, you know, business development, uh, value propositions and marketing and promotion and logistics and all those things that as you move up the ranks and become a leader, obviously, you have to be aware of those and understand how those impact your profitability. But as a, you know, a solitary engineer, you wouldn't know all that stuff. You may see those people in the hallway, but you actually don't, <laughs> That's right. you don't know what they do. You don't know what impact what they do has on the business, right? Mm-hmm. If you're if you're on a big project, you may be in a meeting with them and you're like, why are we still talking about that? I want to talk about making widgets mm-hmm. because that's that's your area, right? That's your lane. So your focus is on what you know and what you do. And so I think going to business school for engineers. So I think there's two different reasons an engineer may go to business school. One is to become more well-rounded, certainly if you're interested in going up the leadership track. Mm -hmm. You've got to be able not necessarily to understand what everybody else does, but see how it ties into the business, right? Mm -hmm. Businesses are comprised of various verticals, right? And they in good businesses should be working to uh, working for the good of the company, right? So you should have one vision that's you know, causing more problems than they're generating solutions, but mm-hmm. that sometimes is the case. And I think going to business school as an engineer, that I'm not working in those departments, but I get it. I know why they exist. I know why they're critical. I know why I need to work closely with them as a technical person. Yeah, and it totally changes your respect of those other it departments. Does. Mm-hmm. It does. And I worked in sales, so I knew the other side of the camp. The mm-hmm. coin. I knew coming from manufacturing when the salespeople were like, we got to get this out today. And I'm like, the line is down. We can't get it out today. And they're like, no, you got to get it down. I was like, no, we cannot get it today. So I think that kind of added uh, to that. But I think the second thing, if any engineer, and I encourage folks who have the temerity and the, the idea to consider uh, entrepreneurship, maybe the loose screws in your head to, to do this work, is the MBA, number one, like I said, I think it gives you the confidence if you haven't had you know, financial education prior to that. It gives you just the respect for business, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. like, I know that I got to get capital and I know I've got to build relationships with suppliers and and clients and whatnot. I think it just opens your eyes because as engineers, I cannot speak to scientists um, as much as uh, my work in engineering. Um, We tend to think that the world revolves around what we're doing and what we're doing is the most important, right? Mm -hmm. But I can promise you, it doesn't matter if you cure cancer, if you don't have a laboratory to test and prove that it actually works, you'll never sell it. If you don't have a manufacturing facility to make it and package it, you'll never sell it. If you don't have a sales and marketing team to convince doctors and hospitals that it's going to work, you'll never sell it. So I -hmm. think as engineers, scientists may not be this way, but as engineers, sometimes we're like, we're the most critical part Mm -hmm. of this whole thing. (laughs) Right. right. We're, we're everyone else's overhead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are yep. overhead. That's absolutely correct. And if we ever find a way to automate some of these things, we will be able to, <laughs> to get rid of oh some of the Oh my gosh, the arrogance of us, right? Like it's so yes. crazy. And the thing is we, in those moments, we don't know any better. And we really do no. believe that. Oh we my really gosh. We really do believe that. We really do believe that. Now, so what I will say as an engineer, you will be humbled. Engineer mm-hmm. or a technical person, you'll be humbled trying to be an entrepreneur. 
yeah. may not happen right away because you're probably, look what I built. I, this is so great. But the first time you start working on something to, you know, move to the next phase of sales and marketing mm -hmm. and I can do it. I can do the marketing. I, you know, I'll, I'll write, the, I'll do it. I'll write the copy. I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And you show it to somebody and they were like, this looks like hot garbage. I don't, who did this? <laughs> did your dog do this? And you're like, no, I, right. I, I did it. I'm mm -hmm. an engineer. So I extrapolated it that I know how to do other things just as well. And we yep. do not. Yep. Um, I was doing early on most of our marketing. And when I finally said, you know, I don't have the time to do this. I'm going to turn it over, you know, to somebody who does this full time. And then I looked at what she did and what I did. And I was like, oh, Okay, well, that's the I, difference, right? So yeah, tell I guess people what it is that you do now as far as your entrepreneurial um, journey. Sure, mm -hmm. sure. So I started uh, accidentally an organization <laughs> for Black women scientists, engineers, and technologists called BYS, Black Women in Science and Engineering. And we launched uh, almost six years ago in Houston with a handful of women, and now we have uh, over 1,500 and six chapters around the country Incredible. and are thriving, thriving. Incredible. So, mm -hmm. you know, especially in this environment when folks are, oh, we don't, we can't find technical talent. We, we just don't know where to look. And so now, you know, we take that excuse away. Like, you don't, you don't know where to look. Well, I mean, I got 15,000. I don't know <laughs> how many you need, but <laughs> it's less than 15,000. I probably got you. <laughs> right, right. So we work with some wonderful corporate partners now who are serious about, you know, moving the needle. They realize that their efforts internally have not been enough to get them where they need to be. The world is becoming more diverse and more global, not less. That's so right. it won't be a matter of whether diversity is the right thing to do. It's like there are only diverse people left to hire to do this work, especially technical work, right? That's why you see so much offshoring, right? We didn't have enough technical talent over here. So we went to these countries, you know, to get people to do this work. So as that happens more and more, you, you just can't use the same, you know, tricks and tips to get, you know, diverse folks as you did for non-diverse folks. It just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So I figure we are positioned very well uh, moving forward in the next five, 10, 15 years, forever, who knows, yeah. um, to be able to not just you know, we don't just meet and talk. We want to expose our members to emerging technologies. Those of us who got our engineering degrees years ago, we may not be up on artificial intelligence. We may not be knowledgeable about, you know, blockchain and quantum mechanics and all that because we didn't take it in school. We haven't worked with it. So I want to make sure, you know, that this demographic is exposed to things that can further enhance their careers, or maybe they decide, you know what, I've got enough knowledge. I'm going to go out on my own and make money off of this, which I, you know, I wholeheartedly support. It's difficult. I don't uh, encourage people to, to go into it without understanding the challenges of it. Uh, you kind of got to be a little bit crazy. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about that this week. You got to be a little bit crazy. Little, not too much. Not, not too, too much, much. But not you need to be a little bit. Mm -hmm. A little bit crazy. Like if people say, you know what, you're different. If you mm -hmm. never heard that in your life, you're it's a different. good thing. <laughs> yeah, you probably, you know, they may be, you know, prepping you for future opportunities as an entrepreneur because you, you got to have that. You got to, when everything says no, you got to say, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do it anyway. I believe it's going to work. Um, you need that. You need that. So, so um, one of the things uh, we were talking about a little bit earlier was like you wanted to 
you know, people to know how STEM people to know how they can turn their expertise into revenue, right? Mm -hmm, It's mm -hmm. a real revenue. So Mm -hmm. what do do you mean by that? I try not to use STEM because I I, I found out that STEM was really created by the education industry. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when people say STEM, you have folks who are in marketing, like I work in STEM and I'm like, okay, no, you, don't. you yeah. work in a business that hires STEM people. You are actually not a STEM person yourself. So mm-hmm. I said to eliminate that, I just call it out, you know, then you can't argue with me. And I'll, are you an engineer? Oh, well, no, I'm not. Okay. Well, then, there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I know that part may have offended some people who fall into that category of non-STEM by degree, and that's okay. Just know that it's not intended to hurt feelings, but engineers, scientists, those with PhDs, and other very difficult majors have had it hard. And I mean really tough years of schooling and some moments of basically academic torture from time to time. So it's hard to share that distinction with others who may not have put in the same blood, sweat, and tears. There's a respect that we have for each other getting through all of the calc classes, Diffie-Q, late night labs, and countless all-nighters. And for some of us, quite honestly, tears. Trying to find the bug in the code or why the design you created doesn't work as it should. It's been plenty of times we've been like, I'm just not going to make it. So after going through experiences like that, I hope you can have more empathy for both the engineer's arrogance and ignorance because there are both. Keep listening as Erica talks more about how it shows up in the workplace and in entrepreneurship and can cause failure and rejection when building a company. There are so many of us, and and this is, I think, the distinction between diverse folks and non-diverse folks. There's so many of us who are doing incredible things as entrepreneurs, even though we may not even know that term or know what that is. We're doing incredible. Oh, I came up with this solution to do this. And a company is like, great, great. Perfect. Yeah, they scoop it up. You know what? Yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to send a memo around telling how great you are. Meanwhile, we're making $5 million a mm-hmm. year off your invention and you're mm-hmm. not getting any of it. Yeah. So there's, there's people out there who, who are really innovating. Um, you know, sometimes it's, you know, uh, backdoor innovation, right? You mm-hmm. solved, maybe it wasn't a sexy problem, right? But it sure did make things better once you implement it. And, you know, we're not obviously getting any financial, you know, benefit from having done that. So I say, stop, you get something, or maybe you invent, okay, that's one invention. I have another idea to do something. I'll stop before you do a second, a millisecond of work at your company write it down. Don't tell anybody yet. It's not mm-hmm. time to talk about it yet. And, and think about, you know, is this something not just, this is really cool because engineers, we always make up something cool, but oh my it's not, gosh, every day we coming up with something. Yeah. But it's not marketable. Nobody <laughs> right. wants to buy that. There's no That's market right. for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so There's true. No Nobody's going to buy that. That is a limited problem that only affects X number of people, okay? So nobody's going to buy that. But for the people who really are coming up with incredible, 
incredible innovations, there really isn't a way, you know, in theory, you know, the incubator, I guess the incubator prior to the accelerator uh, path uh, would help someone do that, but there really isn't. And I just had a conversation with some folks that we're looking at working with yesterday. They were like, listen, we, we don't have time to teach people business. So we get it because entrepreneurship and being a senior leader is totally separate. My yeah, mentor told me that yeah. she and her husband decided she was a CIO and she and her husband decided to open up a hair salon. <laughs> Don't ask me why. Wow. But to open up a hair salon, she said, well, first of all, we almost lost every penny mm -hmm. that we put into it. Second of all, you know, she's a CIO. So she's like, who's going to get my coffee? I'm like, that would be you. Who's gonna make the copies? That's that's you too. <laughs> right. Who's gonna clean up the office every evening? Uh, that's definitely you. So you know, to go from a high level senior position to an entrepreneur, a startup entrepreneurship. Maybe if you get a franchise, it's a little different. But a startup entrepreneurship, there's a lot of pre work that doesn't get counted towards. Oh, I was in. No, you're not in business yet. You you right. you're trying to start something. And so I think encouraging folks to think about that and it's, there's no money in it in the very beginning. That's for a so long, you gotta for be a while. Able to, mm -hmm. For a long time. So you got to be able to sustain your family, yeah. you know, that way for who knows, you got to assume it could be 10 years. You can, mm -hmm. oh, it's probably going to be five years. Average is five years. That's As right. engineers, we love averages. And oh, we love them. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, she said the average is five years. So I'm, I'm, this is 4.75. So I know next whatever that is I'm, I should be coming into some money because it'll be my fifth year I expect money then <laughs> right <laughs> oh my god that's so accurate yes <laughs> so you know just that transition mm -hmm. um you know encouraging folks and, and I like I said I don't see anything I've had several conversations with a couple big VCs and they're like we want to support diverse entrepreneurs you know, but they're just not ready. And truthfully, a lot of them are not ready. Yeah. They're not, you know, they're not ready for that. Yeah, because it's a different skill set. It's different rules than corporate. It's just different rules than op to really even opening a franchise. Like if you're going to VCs, they're looking at a completely different, they exactly. operate from a completely different business model than anybody else. Exactly. And, mm -hmm. and quite frankly, they look for the pretty shiny. Mm -hmm. So you're going in there telling them how this cleans the ocean waters. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, when am I going to get my money back? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> how am I going to make money off of that? Right. <laughs> right. You, you've told right. them the story about the baby whales and all this mm -hmm. and cried and how important it is to the mm -hmm. world. And they're like, so it's payback um, the first two years or so what like, is the break even point? And they're like, like break what's the break even point? point? Yeah, like, yeah, so, you know, what's the market share? Like, how, and you're like, no, I'm, I'm saving baby whales. And they're like, we don't care about baby whales. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you know, encouraging folks uh, to step out. But step out to what? There isn't anything. So that's one of the things that I hope that we can transition to moving forward mm -hmm. is to be that bridge to get people showtime ready, right? Even, right. even for the incubators, right? So the that's incubators right. are not the all, be all, but I think there's still a step missing, mm -hmm. right? And we're talking about PhDs in nuclear, biological, astrological physics, very smart people, mm -hmm. but they are not prime time ready. They're still not prime time ready. Right. 
especially if they have, and like I said, the language of business, you don't mm-hmm. know finance terms, you don't know VC terms, terms, yeah. you don't know that stuff. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, pass. Thanks. You know, professionals that come from STEM, they're not used to that kind of rejection. So it's like, oh, no, you know, no, they can't no. figure that one out. Yeah. The, 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 the interesting about engineers, though, is that don't stop us. We're like, oh, oh well. Mm-hmm. So instead of now, a, a, a non-engineer. <laughs> and then, we, like, and then oh. we have the money to keep putting into it, right? Exactly. So exactly. keep going, keep going. And it's not going nowhere 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 so what what another like an accountant or another person would be like okay let me retool because i think maybe that he didn't quite understand the story so i'm gonna so engineers just like i know what i did was right i know what i said was right i know it's nothing wrong with what i presented i know that they just didn't see it they you know they're all finance Mm -hmm. people they're all finance guys so they don't really have a technical understanding so i know it's not what i presented Mm -hmm. it's them and i you know even tried to counsel some of our members and i was like listen it's the rare uh, person or, you know, that's at a venture capital firm that is an engineer. Most of those folks are finance folks. They're certainly not technical folks by and large, maybe accounting, marketing, I don't know. But you're trying to explain, you know, the theory of relativity to folks who didn't even take high school chemistry, right? <laughs> right. And, and they're like, I don't care about any of that. Like you spent 15 minutes telling me about this thing, you know, <laughs> that you're so proud of but that is not important at all and so it's very difficult for us to hear that because we think look at my creation it's almost like a child look yeah. what I did look at this mm-hmm. thing it's amazing don't you want to know about all the bells and whistles and they're like no does it work when I get how am I going to make money that's what how am I going to get money? I going to make money you should have exactly. spent 13 of those 15 minutes telling me about that Exactly. In fact, start, you know, start there. The, the story, right? Yeah. You have to have a, it's a compelling story, mm-hmm. right? Now they're going to, listen, nobody's going to cut you a check without looking, kicking the tires and looking under the hood, right? right? But the assumption mm-hmm. is you got to even get my attention for, mm-hmm. to make me even want to look that far. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to know anymore if you can't excite me, mm-hmm. engage me, because it's, a line of people out the door waiting to present to me and get money. So you got to be better than the best of them in order to even get a second glance. Right. And don't even factor in the fact that you're a female or a underrepresented minority. So Hmm. just lots of stuff to learn. And I'm not seeing even the universities, I'm not seeing that connection not seeing that connection like here's something you don't have but this is what you need and I think that's why you have this big cliff drop of folks who are like I'm gonna be a startup founder I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this five years later they're back at their old company it's like jumping off the into the Grand Canyon you know exactly exactly I thought you meant to exactly exactly I thought you exited didn't you exit oh well uh that actually did turn out the way that Mm -hmm. (laughs) I had to go back to work. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. But when you learn the tools, entrepreneurs know, not necessarily MBAs, but people who have failed or have tried Mm -hmm. it before know it's like, okay, that one didn't work, but now you know how to create something else, right? Mm -hmm. Within within the right boundaries of what's favorable if you're trying to raise money or penetrate a market. It's just like a lot of people are walking in completely blindfolded, but they Mm -hmm. don't know it. They don't know that. Right. Mm-hmm. They don't know what they don't know. And I, I liken it to a child that gets a spanking for, for folks who spank their kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. 
yeah. you after that spanking, you're like, I may do some other stuff, but I'm not doing that again because uh, that was horrible, right? Uh-huh. So the folks who you don't even have to necessarily fail spectacularly, but you're like, oh no, well, well I think we should do this. Oh no, mm-hmm. we're not doing that. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what we're gonna do, but we're definitely not, not that. doing that because that does not work. <laughs> Trust me, I know. <laughs> I have taken the spanking on that one. That that does not work. Mm-hmm. We don't want to do that. So, you know, I think it's good to fail. That's part of the iterative process. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, try something. Oh, try this again. So, you know, we have to be unafraid to fail, unafraid to put it all out there. I'm trying to change the world by doing X, Y, Z. If they don't like it, they may not be the firm for you. They may not be the client for you, but put it out there. I think people are looking for passion. That's the other thing. You know, sometimes as engineers, we can be a little dry. Oh, this yeah. is our invention. It is good. Please buy it. You know, not like, this is great. This is going to do this. Because that's that's what I'm seeing. These people who are getting this money, and I always reference back to the folks with Juicero. And I'm like, how did you all give these people $160 million mm-hmm. not, like, do your due, due, due diligence? But I'm sure they had a phenomenal marketing yeah, uh, package is a slide deck that probably shot arrows in the sky and all kinds and of captivating personalities. Exactly, exactly. Which we are sometimes uh, missing, right? So. <laughs> and stereotypically, that's not what an engineer right you know, fits into. That's the stereotypically. So right. knowing that you need to be like vivacious, not a jerk, because people right. Will- oh I need to be a complete jerk and that shows I'm confident no no no. you have to have some energy to get other people excited about what you're doing and we've never been taught that no and it's it's well it's been not just not taught it's squashed yes the nail that sticks up gets hit so in the meeting when you're a young engineer you're like hey Bob I I saw something today and I think maybe we can work on that um Monique (laughs) we are here to keep the line running and you are all thinking out of the box. That's really good. Uh-huh. Like, what are you doing? We got to get this mm-hmm. line up. And so I think that squashes. I talk about yeah. this frequently, how we were sold a bag of false goods. Those of us who got engineering degrees mm-hmm. that we were going to be sending rockets to NASA and we were going to be building spaceships and doing all this stuff. And most of us are stuck behind the desk, having meetings all day, looking at spreadsheets. I'm like, I didn't, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I didn't, well, then why did I take all those courses then? I should have just taken a course and Word, Excel, and PowerPoint. <laughs> I should have been wasting my time on all these calculations because I don't use any of that. Mm-hmm. And you got me in meetings from 8 to 4.30. Yeah. So I think there's an opportunity, yeah. and I think that's what entrepreneurship does, is, listen, you want to build a, a rocket ship, and you have the, the financial backing and the technical concepts and theoretical design and all that stuff, you can do that as an entrepreneur. You won't be able to do that at your company. You know, even for the folks who are intrapreneurs, there are limitations on what you can do. It may be uh, abstract. It may be like, well, Bob did that project last year. And so mm-hmm. leadership has a bad taste yeah. in their mind, mm-hmm. mouth and they don't want to do that again. It may not have anything about to do with uh, capabilities or even profitability, it may make a gajillion dollars. You're like, no, it, no, politically, that's just not going to work. So they suck all that, all the creativity out of you. You fresh out of engineering school into corporate. You're so excited to do big things. Mm-hmm. And they really just suck all of that energy, right? Yep. Out. 
Yeah, yep. they they should do. There's a there's a meme going around of this poodle, and the poodle's hair is all over its head. Uh, the first picture and the second picture, it's got like a denim jacket on, and it's all groomed, and some aviator sunglasses, and that's how I feel, <laughs> you know, before graduation, or no, I'll say right after graduation, that mm -hmm. that like two-month period where, oh, hey, you're the new engineer, oh, congratulations, welcome, until you're really fully in your job, and you're like, you know, I sent you that email mm -hmm. five minutes ago, and I was just wondering, like, if you were going to get back to me <laughs> when the newness wears off and the reality uh, is there, the reality yeah. sets in, you're like, Hey, this is not what I want to do. Mm -hmm. and, and that's it. In this episode, both Erica and I shared some of the stereotypical engineer personality traits. And if you've worked with engineers before, or if you are an engineer yourself, I'm sure you've experienced much of this before. Erica talked about how companies are now making efforts to hire diverse talent and how there is no shortage, no pipeline issues. They just need to partner and change the tactics to effectively recruit and might I add retain diverse talent. Now, as we talked about, Many times after that first job experience out of college, many are doubting if engineering is even for them anymore. So if that's you and you're a woman of color, scientist, engineer, or technologist, be sure to reach out to Erica and she, along with the hundreds of other Be Wise women, will reignite your passion for what you do. The Unpolished MBA conversation continues, and you can be a part of it by going to unpolishedmba.com. Thank you for listening.